We're putting the band back together. Twisted Minds brought you the original fan ball. We had a bad time with enough to turn goat piss in the gas This is the Fan Ball Fantasy Football Podcast. If you're dumb, surround yourself with smart people. And if you're smart, surround yourself with smart people who disagree with you. And welcome back to another episode of the Fanball Fantasy Football Podcast. You say that like they left and went somewhere. I'm just assuming I, they're listening to these on a continuous loop. They are binge watching. We should put these on Netflix and just have have it constantly play. You know, Fanball and chill. It yeah. sounds like a stupid idea. <laughs> Fanball and chill. I like that. I've done that many times. That is funny. I've done that many times Ooh. like with different podcasts like NFL Draft or Fantasy Related mm-hmm. where I will go back five months after the fact and listen to like 10, t- 10 straight episodes while I'm working out or or writing or something like that. It is insane that the timeless nature of some of our mm-hmm. shows. That There's we a have. lot of evergreen yeah. shows out there. The, these might not help you in week 12, though. We're, we're going to go over week six values yeah, here. Yeah, so yeah. <laughs> uh, let's, let's start with the quarterback. Well, first off, how are you doing, John? I'm um, uh, shoveled and gruntled, <laughs> as always. And Jay, you're doing good? I'm, I'm doing well. I'm, uh, I'm a lot like Dusty Baker. Well, it's, it's taken me a, a while to adjust to this weather, all the mold yeah. and all the sniffles going on. And, yeah, uh, no, it's uh, – I'm very happy to be here, like nice. they say in uh, coming to America. And it's Grey Duck, you know that, right? It is. Now that you're up here, it's it not is Goose. Gray duck it's Grey Duck, Minnesota. This is Grey Duck territory, damn it! What does that mean? Duck, duck, duck Grey duck. duck. The the greatest team celebration mm, and touchdown. Matt there. Harrison, who works with us, yeah, he had a shirt yesterday, and he tried to explain it to me. I didn't even know what he was talking about. It was one of those things where I typed, did nodded in my head, not, and just kept typing. Did oh. they not? Kids not play with you as a child? I mean, I don't want to bring up any painful <laughs> memories, but Duck Duck Goose, we played. Uh, we were more of a Red Rover kind of okay. area, you know. That's the next great touchdown celebration. There I'm calling go. it right now. Some little Red Rover. Nice. Yeah, yes. but then you'd need the other team to basically do it. You, know? nah, you can get your own guys. Get linemen over here and backs over there. <laughs> that would be pretty impressive if you got the other team to <laughs> celebrate your touchdown. It would be unprecedented. That, would, that, that, might, cool. that would be the that greatest That might be a week ever. 17 thing. That would be know, the greatest ever. That, that would be funny. That I know it's awesome. never going to happen because the, the head coach, the opposing head coach, would be fired the next day. But it would it would be pretty funny. Well, there's a few yeah. guys. Yeah, there's a few guys that lean in that way. Might as well so. go out swinging, huh? All right, let's get to some quarterbacks. Uh, let's start with you, John. Who's your? These are DFS value plays for the Sunday set of games on Fanball. Go to fanball.com, enter the lobby. Lots of fun stuff to play. These are some values. Let's start with the quarterbacks. What do you got, John? I've got my uh, number four ranked quarterback uh, with a nice low price point of $6,200, Carson Palmer. Uh, he gets a, a bang, uh, Buccaneers defense. Well, let's put it this way. Carson Palmer's averaging 315 passing yards per game, and the Bucks are giving up 315 passing yards a game. So I'm suggesting that he's going to throw for about three, somewhere between 314 and 360. Oh, the 316 (laughs) and a bad spot's going to cost him. Move it back to 315. Um, The (laughs) Bucks are also giving up two touchdowns per game to quarterbacks. Even with the addition of Adrian Peterson and the fact that they're just going to line him up and, and run him 30, 35 times, I still think, <laughs> yeah, the Cardinals are going to throw the ball. What They're throwing 45 times a game right now. Peterson's a bad fit for that offense. They're going to be throwing against the Bucks. 
Carson Palmer is going to be at the wheel, and for 6,200, I can uh, build a, a great team around him and take advantage of that uh, volume. Can I uh, interject something? Do you recall last year Tampa Bay riding high after beating Atlanta on the road week one, went to Arizona week two, and got their lunch handed to them, something like 41 or 48 to 7, something like that. Do You, you do not anticipate this kind of, like, boy, it gotcha game coming at all for, for Tampa Bay. I, you never know with, with Tampa Bay. I, what concerns me on their defense is how banged up they are. I mm-hmm. mean, uh, McCoy is, is in and out of the lineup. Uh, they're down a couple linebackers, uh, and their secondary is just being picked apart. So uh, I would love to see this one devolve into a some sort of track meet, and I think uh, Arizona can keep up, and, and they don't even have to hand the baton to Adrian Peterson. Nice, nice. Yeah, that's, that's uh, a quarterback I wrote about in my – article this week on QB values. You should check that out along with all the other QB running back wide receiver and tight end values we have written up on the site. Jay, who's your quarterback? I have Trevor Simeon, uh, $5,400. He is my number 10 quarterback for the week. Okay. And uh, but what people don't know is before we did the show, both you guys were kind of like giving me the business. Well, you need to sell me. Okay. Because the, the Giants have a poor running defense and a respectable pass defense. So he, he, I kind of need to sell it. That's fine. I can do that. Okay. First of all, Simeon, uh, I know he's only accounted for one touchdown his last two weeks, but his last three uh, home games against the non-conference foes, he's accounted for multiple touchdowns and almost 300 yards passing each time. Okay? All right, I moved him up one. I'm poised over my rankings that I moved him up one spot. All right, keep going. Uh, The Giants, with all the receivers they've lost over the week, and with the uh, the Rogers Cromartie thing that's going on, like there's a dispiriting effect. You can say whatever you want of like, well, they're professionals, they're doing it. This team is shot, and I think you'll you'll see that kind of come to a light at Denver in a game where no one expects them to win. If they if they're not keeping in it by the first quarter, this thing becomes a bloodbath after that. Okay, right, so I moved Eli Manning down a spot with that. Yes, okay. in fact, Eli Manning <laughs> is my last. Like I think he's ranked. What do we have? 28 quarterbacks going this week? Yeah, I've got him 27th for the week. Wow. It just, I, there's move, no Cotton. hope. There is no hope in Mudville with this team. Okay, uh, one last thing here. Yes, the Giants have a respectable pass defense, but they're only one of six teams in the NFL that have allowed double-digit passing touchdowns on the season. So there, you put that. it all together. I think number 10 is, a, is probably ambitious, but at the same time, it's eminently fair at the same time. Gotcha. All right, I, I moved him up. Up to it's just like prices, right, where the, you're is. moving up the Plinko <laughs> machine or something like well, that. Well, I, I okay, did yeah. go as Drew Carey the, for Halloween the, one year. hill climber or whatever. <laughs> Sell me until he drops off the map. All right, let's All see right. what Fish can do. Deshaun Watson, 6,800. You've I, got a tough, I'm, tough job to sell me on Deshaun Watson. That's a tough sell job there. It's, it's unreal that he – Will well, I move him up over Tom Brady to number one is the question. It's unreal that he's 6,800. Uh, I think he's, what, the sixth or seventh highest price quarterback. So $6,800, you're saving about a grand or more off of those big dogs. And he's actually my number one rated quarterback this week. Wow. He's, allow- he's playing a Browns defense that is allowing 2.6 touchdowns per game to quarterbacks, which is the worst in the NFL. The only running quarterback they face, Brissett, ran two in on the, on the Browns, so they, they can't defend that either. And, and you can argue that Watson is the best QB the Browns will even have faced, you know, with Big Ben, Flacco, Brissett, Dalton, and McCown. Watson might be the best of that group, especially the way Ben is playing right now. I know you, you could argue Ben, but... Anyway, uh, yeah, so the, the Browns are fifth worst against the past 
They've allowed the most touchdowns. I think this is just too obvious. I don't. I don't think I need to say much more. There's an intangible aspect that you guys. You guys are like computers here. You got to take the intangible aspect too. Watson was passed on by the Browns not once but twice. Number one overall and they pick. Traded out Miles to Garrett, and then they traded him. out of it at number twelve to he, avoid him. If yeah. you don't <laughs> think that there's some like he want, he's the nicest kid in the world. I, as you know, we you guys tease me for covering SEC and ACC all these years. He's the nicest kid in the world, but he's not. A robot either. Like, you do, wouldn't you want to stick it to a team that passed on you twice? Especially at number one overall. Well, it's like yeah. Richard Sherman still. How many years has he been in the league? He keeps the list of, like, the 24 cornerbacks that were selected ahead of him. I mean, Whatever F- it takes, man. Whatever it takes motivation. to motivate you. Yes. MJD had six running backs take it over him, and he did the same thing. Yep. They, these players do that. That is true. All right, let's move on to running backs. John, who's your guy? I'm going to keep it at home with uh, Jarek McKinnon. You know, he's had a couple opportunities to become the Vikings lead back before due to injuries and and other reasons. And eh, he's kind of done okay, but nothing fantastic. But it was that 58-yard burst that he had, that touchdown run, that kind of made me sit up and woke me up from the 3-2 game, you know, to actually pay attention. And saw that in – you saw more of that, you know, on on some 7- and 8-yard runs. But there's some burst there that – I hadn't really seen, and maybe it's the way they're using him differently now, but um, he's going to be, I think, the two-thirds or more back in that in that backfield. I know Latavius Murray is a great pass protector. I know he's um, probably the, the goal line guy, but McKinnon's going to get his looks in that offense, and he had 22 touches last week. Every back with more than 20 touches against Green Bay has reached triple-digit combo yards. So I think this is a great opportunity for McKinnon to have another solid game. And doing it at a price point of 3900 I think uh, it allows you to build some more value around him. I cannot disagree with Pick, but I will counter with one thing. Do you remember last year uh, after Peterson got hurt, they had a Monday night game, I want to say against the Giants, and McKinnon had a really good game. And people were like, okay, this is going to be the guy. And then after that, Matt Asiata started po- popping up more and things like that. And the targets and touches just went down really inexplicably. Are you worried about this kind of taking place after such a good game last week? No, because I think there were so many different things going on with the Vikings last year. First off, their offensive line is playing light years better than they did last year. Well, they, they have uh, better personnel than they had. Better personnel. Yeah. That that certainly helps. Um <laughs> I don't think you – know, I think they felt in the transition from Turner to Shermer, there was there were some issues and that whole offense and how it shifted. And uh, I think maybe they got the lesson on, on trying to use Matt Aziana in a role that, that he wasn't really well-suited for. I don't think they're going to force or shoehorn Latavius Murray, especially you know, if he's not 100%. They're not going to force-feed him. They've got McKinnon that can do plenty of other things. So I still think it's going to be – you know, if they're going to have 30 touches for their running backs, I think 20 of them are heading McKinnon's way. Let me ask you an interesting thing, TV. Uh, well, Scott participates in this conversation. Mm. <laughs> uh, last year I was in Atlanta, okay, and uh, when the whole North, Tur- North Turner thing went down, there was a lot of, like, people were freaking out and things like that. But it, I was living in Atlanta. I wasn't thinking about it much. Is it not? It seems like uh, Shermer, especially with his relationship with Bradford, that it's working out, that it's a good fit for everyone. Is it the offensive coordinator's job, like North Turner, where you're a stubborn guy, you said, I've won championships with different teams, I've saved different offenses. Is it, is it your job to adhere to the head coach's wishes, or is it, it the head coach's job to get out of your way and let you do what you want, especially when you're a defensive-minded head coach? Well, when you're a defensive-minded head coach like Zimmer, I think you, you set a tone 
in the locker room and you want your you yeah. pick you know he picked Norv Turner for the reasons he did for sure. to run that offense and then I but think it started something with happened along the way well, of like doing when, what I want you to do though when like, Bridgewater went down it it changed the complexion of that offense because Bridgewater and and the way that a whole offense was constructed was a Norv Turner offense. And so mm-hmm. when you bring in a different quarterback that doesn't necessarily fit that mold and then they didn't have the offensive line to do the things that Norv Turner wanted to do. Sure. And like you said, Norv Turner was at, at a point in his career, he said, hey, I've done it this way my whole career, and it's worked out pretty well. I'm not changing. And then I think he, whether he was encouraged to step aside or just said, screw it, I'm not dealing with this mess anymore. This isn't the offense that I want to run. And, and he turned it over to Shermer. And, and they had Shermer on staff as sure. kind no. of the backup plan. So, you know, I think even if Bridgewater comes back now, that the way that that offense is situated they, and they don't have to capitulate to Adrian Peterson, mm-hmm. which also helps. Um, yeah, I think it's set up for, especially for this coming season, for McKinnon to have a Delvin Cook light type of role. Yeah. I, <laughs> <laughs> you, early on, you said pretty much what I would have said on that is is that they set it up for Norv, and and now that Shermer's in, I, I think that they, they've switched their offensive philosophy. And it seems to be working. The, between Shermer and the weapons, it doesn't seem to matter who the quarterback is for some reason. Um, Unless he can't stand on his own two legs yeah, like Bradford true. early in yeah, the Yeah, that game. was hard to watch. They, they made the right move by uh, replacing him. They're, right. they're lucky it didn't cost him a game. All right, Jay, uh, let's go to your running back. I have Alvin Kamara at $5,800, which is, you know, basically, that's not cheap, but at the same time, anything for a running back below $6,000, i am all for. Uh, here's the deal. I love Adrian Peterson, but he was not a good fit in, with the Saints and the fact that they were smart enough to get rid of him for a conditional draft pick. It's not like they got offered a first-round pick for a conditional pick because they realized that – So, what's the old line? Subtra- addition by subtraction, that kind of thing. Uh, I think he'll fare better with the Cardinals, but let's just focus on Kamara. I think him and Ingram are both candidates for 100 total yards and one touchdown against the Lions. Why is that? Because, unfortunately, the Lions own bottom five rankings against receiving friendly tailbacks in, in the – Citing the categories of targets, catches, and receiving yards allowed. I think this will be a high-scoring game uh, when the Lions and Saints typically play uh, at the Superdome where somebody gets to that 35 uh, range, and sometimes both quarterbacks end up throwing for 400 yards. So if that's even remotely the case, Alvin Kamara is a gold find this week. In fact, I have him as my number six running back for the week. It's very Deshaun Watson-like, where Kamara will not only be good, he'll be a star this week. Wow. That's that is a really high ranking, and it's hard not to not to love not to love him this week, especially. Well, I make such a convincing argument. Yeah, you know, it's so he's, passionate. You know, he's got flex play price with a starter uh, starter potential. Uh, you know, I was going to do Chris Thompson, and I'll touch on that briefly. But I'm going to cheat. Wow, he's and, pivoting. And th- I'm going to cheat and throw two of them out there. Chris Thompson is 5,200 against the 49ers, who are bottom three against receiving backs, and and I think that's what Chris Thompson is. For the most part, a bottom <laughs> so, three receiving back. Bottom three against receiving backs. Oh, I thought you said Chris Thompson was yeah. a bottom three receiving back. I have to pay more attention to you. They're allowing on average seven catches and sixty yards per game in the receiving game to running backs, which is just terrible. <laughs> and uh, Thompson, a lot has been made about his average. It's not sustainable, but this is a really good matchup for him at fifty two hundred. But the guy I I'm going to talk about is is a guy that I just. Uh, you know, I've I've liked for weeks, and this week he potentially could be the starter. Matt Forte still has a toe injury, Oof. 
and uh, oh. I hate toe injuries on running backs. It sounds like Jay does too. It's, it's not a toe injury. It's turf toe. Yeah, That's exactly. twice as bad. You know. Yes. Yeah. And then uh, old guys. I don't want to dispute you, but then again, you are kind of Bilal changing Pop. what, what, no, no, what no. you said. But I'm not going with Forte. Oh, I thought you were okay. I'm carry saying on then. I was Matt Forte. No. injuries are bad. No. like yeah. I'm yeah. saying Matt Forte. Forte is supposed to play, but he's got a toe injury, and Bilal Powell is out. So my guy, he's out, out. Most likely, he's still not practicing. It's already Thursday. Okay, all right. Um, my guy is Elijah McGuire at forty eight hundred dollars, who might be getting his first start. He's averaging five point two yards per carry on the season. Granted, limited touches, and he did have that big touchdown run. But but the guy is is kind of a silky smooth runner. I, I like watching him run. If he is the starter, we could be looking at another Aaron Jones situation from last week because the the. Because the Patriots are also bottom three against running backs in fantasy points allowed on fan ball scoring. So if Forte can't play a full complement of downs and Bilal Powell is out, Elijah McGuire at $4,800 could get you a lot of points. I like this pick. Uh, I didn't mean to jump early on yeah. the Forte <laughs> thing. No. But four weeks ago, I saw this coming where in one of my highly competitive leagues, uh, the standard scoring with friends. The, the second I saw McGuire just get a couple carries on the red zone, I was like, as much as I love Bilal Powell, I need that. You've you got to solidify that relationship because, like as we've established, the Jets don't have a ton of playmakers. So I'm all for this. I think this is a great pick. Nice. Uh, how about you going to wide receivers, Jay? Who's your guy? Uh, well, as speaking of the Jets, I have Jermaine Curse. Uh, who is the cover boy of, a, of an article I just posted, uh, the top five receiving values for week six. His uh, number, it looks like four grand for the week, okay? I've got a bunch of reasons here, so st- hang with me, okay? He is easily the Jets' most consistent playmaker right now, despite the disadvantage of not having training camp or basically the entire preseason with the, uh, with the Jets. His per catch rate is 10.0, which, ca- yeah, which could and should be higher. But at the same time, he has a catch-a-target rate for the year of 79%. And keep in mind, he had no relationship with Josh McCown coming into the season. Okay, uh, We just poked fun of the Patriots a few, weeks ago, uh, a few minutes ago on the running angle. Uh, from a passing perspective, they are the league's worst pass defense at 335 yards per game. What's more, against opposing wideouts, they own bottom 10 rankings with catches, receiving yards, and receiving touchdowns allowed. Um, basically, I have them number 18 for the week. And right now, there's a chance that he might be top 12 by the by the but come Sunday and all that stuff uh, with a price point of four grand. Basically, he has no business being in the same neighborhood of Taylor Gabriel, Kendall Wright, Juju Smith Schuster, all that stuff. But at the same time, here we are, just like Deshaun Watson. If De- Jermaine Curse has another good week or so, the days of him being four grand, forty five hundred, will be over pretty soon. Yep, yep. And sticking with that game, my guy is Danny Amendola. Uh, I think that. I've, he's had what six catches, at least six catches, yep. three times this season so far. Um, I wrote about him today as well, so I will be double check, fact checking everything you say Ooh. here. I might, I might open that up while we're talking, so I don't, okay. I don't screw up. But uh, <laughs> he's had six catches at least three times in the last four weeks, and Tom Brady has called him out basically this week, saying he is uncoverable. I know the Jets matchup isn't the greatest, and he's got players to compete with. But he's for forty four hundred dollars. He's putting up points, and he just uh, he had he had a what do you have a hundred yards the first game yes. out. So 
uh, and he scored two weeks ago. You know, he's not he's not the sexiest of deep sleepers, but 4,400, I will take a guy that's getting six catches a game. He has a catch-to-target rate of 85% on the season. Okay? I mean, okay. that's all you need to know. If he gets targeted seven, eight times, it's, it's you, you've already yep. made your money regardless of how many yards or, or uh Yeah, and he's, he's averaging like 70 yards a game. Sure. So, uh, John, who's your guy? Well, I'm going to go big or go home and preferably to uh, go big this week with Deshaun Jackson. <laughs> love, he's a little, little pricier, 4,800. But, uh, you know, you've got Patrick Peterson shutting down wide receiver ones, but look what wide receiver twos have done against Arizona. The five secondary wideouts um, that have had any amount of success have scored or topped 100 yards uh, against the Cardinals, and they're doing it at 18.6 yards per catch, which is even more than Deshaun Jackson's 17.8 yards per catch. So the guys that aren't being covered by Patrick Peterson are getting downfield and making plays. Mike Evans is going to be blanketed by Peterson. I think Jameis Winston, who targeted uh, – Jackson last week, a uh, season I believe was nine times. Um, he's, he's going his way this week. Uh, he matches up with Justin Bethel, who's definitely the lesser corner. Or maybe he gets uh, some Honey Badger, who's really struggling in coverage this year. Um, opportunities abound, and it's like uh, Tyreek Hill. All it's going to take is one home run. You might get a two-home run game. You might get a Reggie Jackson uh, three-home run game, or, or Coop, like Coop in uh, basketball. The big three-home <laughs> run game right here from Deshaun Jackson. I'm calling it. <laughs> Boom. Nice. All right, Jay, let's that that's I mean, obviously I said this. This is I love Deshaun Jackson this week. This is gold. I forty eight hundred dollars for a guy that could he could he could have a wide receiver one week. You're so, saying that uh, in the internal contest that we do, which I believe we've of all the contests we've we've housed each of the I last think that's couple the thing. weeks. People should know. Like, I, did but, you notice that yeah. while we're recording this podcast, a, a contest went up yeah. in the channel? <laughs> so they're trying to fill it yeah, before we can get in there. For the people who are listening to the show, <laughs> the, me, Tuvi, and Scott, we've all what we've won the, in, the last three weeks. Yeah, we, last we're, three we're cleaning up internally here, you know. Yeah. Uh, As it should be, really. Last I mean, week I that's came the in. T- we do... We we spend the most time doing content. We we Scott doesn't grind like Tuvi and I do, but at the same oh, time, oh, don't don't call fish out like that. <laughs> don't but, call fish out. But like at the that. same time, like yeah, we theoretically we should do we should do very well in these contests. You know? Such a good inside joke that no no one listening got. <laughs> <Yeah. but laughs> oh yeah, I think last week I came in first and third, and Tuvi came in first in one right. So, yep. Yeah, and, good and, week. And I would have been fine. Won, last and you week. went one two. I, two I weeks went one ago. two the week four, and I would have been fine last week. If I had taken Devonte Adams instead of Randall Cobb, I was that close to being yeah. yeah you were like close. second or third yeah. in the one that yeah. I that I won. Yeah. Man, yeah, having having some good weeks right. here. So uh, shoulder hurts Listen. from patting ourselves yeah. on the back. <laughs> Listen all right, to our a little stuff. better. All right, Jay, who's your tight end? <laughs> okay, this is a somewhat mini hunch here. George Kittle for the 49ers. At That's 30, not a hunch. Thirty-seven hundred dollars. I don't have my rankings in front of me, but I believe he's top ten. Okay, here's the deal. He had seven catches, nine targets, eighty-three yards, one touchdown last week. In fact, that one touchdown was the one that forced overtime. That's all good and play well. Okay, but this week's opponent, the Redskins, uh, they are the third. They, so they rank thirtieth against opposing tight ends in the category of receiving yards, which is very important. Uh, Another equal thing to remember, the 49ers are winless, but as I wrote the other day in Revelations, they're going down with the ship, okay? They're not going to do anything. We need to start winning. uh, Kyle Shanahan, Brian Hoyer, they are determined to throw their way out of this mess. Brian Hoyer, of his first five games, has attempted 35 or more attempts, pass attempts, I should say, 
four different times, okay? So they're just going to keep throwing. Uh, George Kittle is looking good every week. His targets, yep. Last touches, crazy and good. basically just the yeah. attention that he's getting from the TV announcers is it, <laughs> going up all the time. So basically you're looking at Mark Pierre Garcon, George Kittle, and maybe – Marquise Goodwin Maybe, yeah. and Carlos Hyde are the people you can depend on every single week. Yeah, they get down I, early. I think this is a really good pick. All right, I I agree, uh, <laughs> especially after especially after last week and just his targets in the last two. Did weeks. Did he convince yes. you enough to actually rank him in the rankings? Oh yeah, I, I have. Him. You've moved him up. Well, I need you to will. move him up. I need to adjust my rankings today. All right. uh, once again before the game start. Uh, John, who's your tight end? Well. Every single week, the Giants have allowed a tight end touchdown, sometimes two. Mm-hmm. And so I'm going to the, straight to the bottom of the barrel and coming up $100. For 3100 I can get A.J. Derby yep. against the Giants. Uh, they've also allowed at least one tight end to amass 42 yards or more in every single game. Darby's coming off a career high four for 75 and a touchdown last week against the Raiders. Um, this is straight up a matchup play. And the tight end position has really been – all about the matchups this year is, you know, you, you want the guy going against the Giants. You want the guy going against the Redskins mm-hmm. like Kittle. I don't want to over-tease your guy, but uh, that's also another great matchup play. But, um, yeah, I'll, I'll go 3,100. I'm not going to spend for Ertz or Kelsey, and Kelsey's got the concussion, so I don't want to sweat that out. I'm plugging in bottom of the barrel A.J. Derby into my lineup Reasonably confident that he's going to do something against a really bad Giants. It's defense. funny you bring that up because uh, before you walked into work, uh, we were t- talking with Christian Peterson here at Fanball, and he was kind of lamenting Gronk. Obviously, Gronk, when he can play, he's great. But if you don't have Kelsey or Ertz, throw it, forget about Gronk, forget about Jordan Reed. Basically, it's almost the equivalent of the fantasy equivalent of picking a defense every week because you've got your elite teams, and then the other guys you're just hoping and praying based on that matchup. I will say a lot of the reason John and I won the last couple of weeks are picking guys like Tyler Croft and ASJ, yeah. and maybe that was the same with your team. I'm not sure. But yes, right. I am. Cameron, Cameron Bray. Bray. Yeah, yeah. We exactly. Are, yeah. We are saving so much money on tight ends that we're able to – Hunter Henry. Yep. Yeah. His value still depressed because he's just now starting to get targets. So Derby, pure matchup play, $3,100. My guy, Ryan Griffin, also pure matchup play, $3,100. Watson is my number one quarterback. You know what? Let's 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 pair them up. Let's let's not stack them, but pair them up. And uh, I mean, he's playing the Browns. The Browns are right there with the Giants in that. Ben Watson tore him up. Jesse James tore him up. ASJ tore him up. Tyler Croft destroyed them. And we're not talking elite tight ends. There. These are these are plug-in guys. Yep. I love that we're comfortable enough with this podcast and our the people listening that we can just say ASJ and everybody knows who yes. the heck we're talking Austin about. Safari <laughs> Jenkins. Yeah, so every one of those guys I just mentioned had at least six catches. And the only one that didn't score, Ben Watson, he had 91 yards. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's a pure matchup play. And Griffin leads the Texans in targets. He's averaging five per game over the last three weeks. He's the guy. So The only way that goes south is if he has to split with Anderson. I mean, if Anderson yeah. takes too big a chunk, it's too big it's been two catches or three. Yep. If it's he steals the touchdown, you know that's that, that's, that's literally the suck. only thing. But for thirty one hundred, yep, I'm I'm willing to take that risk. Yep, yep, exactly. That's the, yeah. The NFL should investigate. 
the tight ends for the Ravens uh, in terms of wearing <laughs> stickum. I'm looking at the numbers right here. Basically, you're looking at the if you take I the saw cumulative Boyle effect, was one Ben Watson, NFL Nick Boyle, all in and Max Williams. Catch whenever these people are in there, their their catch and target rate is something like 92. Yep. percent That's insane. Well, I saw that. that among yeah. tight ends, Nick Boyle leads yeah. the NFL. So somebody's wearing stickum. They have they, an elite they, quarterback. I think. No, they they don't. Have yes, established they do not have I've stated this many times in this podcast. Joe Flacco has had one run in his entire career of three touchdowns or more for three straight weeks, and that was during the playoffs of their Super Bowl year. That's it. He's never accomplished anything of that route remotely in that neighborhood during the regular season. You can't spell elite without the E from Joe Flacco. Okay. (laughs) All right. Let's wrap that up. This has been another awesome episode. Hope you got some DFS values in there somewhere mixed in. So for John Tuvey at J Tuvey on Twitter and Jay Clemens at M I N underscore J Clemens and myself, Scott Fish at Scott Fish 24, all on Twitter. Thanks for listening. Have a great day. <laughs> <laughs>